This is the Bushwick Variety Show. And I'm Alec the Third. Greetings, neighbors, friends, citizens of the world, and conscious beings of all various types, superheroes, and those seeking to become. Thank you so much for listening to the Bushwick Variety Show. This episode features John Michelle, the founder, co-owner, operator of Megabrain Comics. Now, you may have noticed at the beginning, if you've been listening for a while, I've added on to the greeting um, something to superheroes and those seeking to become. And that's because um, I've also mentioned this a couple of times, but maybe this is your first time listening. But one of my personal missions now is I want to teach people how to be superheroes because I believe and kind of know that everybody has a superpower and a lot of people have more than one superpower. So, speaking to John Michelle, this was a great conversation on many different levels. Um, both me and John, I think, have kind of had our own hero's journeys where life has taken us different places. We've tried different things and had successes and failures at, the, at all those different things. But through both those successes and failures, we've we've learned great lessons that have propelled us to where we are and we're still on the journey you know we're all on the journey we're all always on the journey um so it was a great conversation talking to somebody whose hero's journey has led him to actually um opening up a comic book store which explores those very themes um so it was a great conversation the Mega Brain Comics is available online. Links are in the show notes, so you can actually order online um, many of the great titles that they have. The physical store is located in Rhinebeck, New York. It is uh, it is open, um, but it also has an arcade, which unfortunately for COVID, the arcade is not open. But if you make a trip to Rhinebeck, New York, which me and my wife uh, may be making sometime within the next month or two um gotta get out of new york gotta gotta get my wife a little vacation um so we may make it up there and get to meet jean michel in person it'll be great but if you are not in rhinebeck new york you can open or you can order these comics online which is kind of a result of the pandemic um it's forced innovation it's also true with my wife's store, The Rack Shack, where I usually record these conversations in person. Um, I'm not doing that now. I'm doing these conversations over Zoom. But it's given me the opportunity to to speak to many more people um, than I would otherwise because um, I don't have to talk to people that are just in New York that can just come to the studio. So innovation is happening. We're still creating. We're still going. We're still on our journeys. And I'm going to leave it at that because I think this conversation is great um, and I want to get to it. I think you're going to enjoy it. So thank you very much. This is John Michelle, Mega Brain Comics. Let's have a conversation. I can. What's up, Alec? How you doing, man? How you doing, John? Good. That better? Yeah. Okay. All right. So I think that's... That's good. Cool. Well, it's nice to meet you. I've heard great things about you. Um, I'm also trying something different with my audio, so I might have to switch something over. We'll see. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, uh, how's it going? Pretty good. Um, you know, I was here putting out the uh, here. I'll I'll give you a little a little swing around to see. I was uh, putting out new books and making displays and stuff, and uh, you know, it's just making an all around mess because. The shop opens tomorrow at 12, so I got to make sure all the kids have everything they need. Nice. Yeah. What days are you open every day, or, or are you closed some days? No, we're closed on uh, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Um, we, we used to be open six days a week, and Monday was the only day that we were uh, ever closed. But um, we moved to, like, this location, which is, like, more central. We used to be, like, off on a side street. And then, uh, so we realized Mondays is like the third day of the weekend here in, in Rhinebeck. So that's why, you know, we're, we're kind of trying that out and it's working out pretty good. So now, so you used to be closed on Mondays and yeah. now you're, um, now we're open Mondays, but we're closed Tuesdays and Tuesday Wednesday. Tuesday and Wednesday. Got yeah. you. It's weird because for a comic shop, you know, Wednesday's new comics book day and everything like that. But we're, I mean, New Comic Book Day has not been, you know, much of anything since the pandemic, so. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah my wife, she has a lingerie store, and she's closed on Tuesdays as of right now. Oh. Yeah. Right. Nice. Um, but she was also closed, <laughs> a couple months ago, closed more. Yeah. Pretty much just online yeah. for a while. We, we started out just opening on, uh, what was it, we were... Friday, Saturday, Sundays, and then we were like, you know what, let's, you know, week it out to Thursday, and then it turned out Thursday is just, I mean, it's one of the worst days to be open, so that's why we were like, let's throw Monday in and just leave it at that, you know? Mm -hmm. Where where are you guys located? Uh, so, we're in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Oh, duh, duh. Yeah. <laughs> Bushwick Variety Show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, you never know. Sometimes yeah. names have nothing to do with... Yeah. with what they are yeah, uh true. but speaking of names mega brain comics <laughs> yeah. um, how did you come up with the name uh I, so mega brain started back in 2009 mm -hmm. and it was i was working in um do you know the store party city yeah so there's one company that makes everything in there and I used to work for that company in a cubicle. And one day this dude came in, sat in the cubicle. He was like filling in for somebody. And, uh, and it, he turned out to be like the biggest comic book nerd. And the two of us just like hit it off. And we would spend most days when we were supposed to be working, talking about all the comic books we wanted to write and like all that kind of stuff. And, and then we decided to write a comic book. So he he actually had this name in his head for a long time. He kept, uh, he always said, yeah, I always wanted to like, I always thought it would be cool to have like a comic book company and call it like Mega Brain. And I was like, oh, that's a cool name. And at the time I was freelance illustrating. Mm -hmm. So my freelance illustration company was called Brain Pockets. And so I thought it was kind of serendipitous. I was like, let's be Mega Brain Comics. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, I'm going to open the door for these dogs because they're choosing to go. Yeah, totally, uh, man. yeah do what you got to do.
Speaking of uh, serendipity and names, um, it's funny because I was having the conversation with Jessica and Eric, and I told them um, a little bit about something that I've been getting into lately, which is how you came up in that conversation. Yeah, I, I was listening to uh, to the episode that you recorded with them, which big, I'm a, I'm now a fan of your podcast. That was oh, a great well, interview. Um, thank you very much. Eric actually came in uh, just this past Sunday, uh, right? To like pick up a bunch of comics and stuff for for their daughter, and yeah, it was good. It was good to see him. We talked about the show a little bit. Nice. Um, so one of the things lately that I, it's like kind of a longer term thing. Um, there is an aspect that I might want to talk to you about though, um, yeah. offline about this. Uh, but basically like kind of a longer term idea that I have. And I'll also say it's not that it's a new idea per se, just like, you know, there's no new story under the sun. Yeah. Um, like, um, but basically one of my new missions is um, that I want to teach people how to be superheroes. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. I remember you yeah. talking about that, which yeah. it, that's a cool concept. I like it. Well, and what's funny is, like, when I went to your website, I saw, like, again, like, there's plenty of ways to approach this, but I saw, like, one of the things that popped up was be a superhero. Oh, yeah. There's something going on. Uh, so you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, um, I, so my my favorite superhero growing up was always Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. uh, he, you know, in big part because, you know, he was a kid and it's like easy to identify with, you know, somebody that's around your age. Um, but even, even then and like now as an adult, like one of the things that I always loved about Peter Parker is like, no matter what he's going through, whether he's like lost his powers or he's up against somebody that's stronger than him or like, or what have you, he, like he has this compass that he like kind of you know lets him let's let let's lead him around, um, and so like for an example, uh, I love all the all the Spider Man movies. Like I love the seventies one. I love all the cartoons. I love Sam Raimi's. But when Homecoming came out, it was the first time that I had ever seen like a live action Spider-Man that I felt like got it. Like mm -hmm. one of the, one of like the, the biggest aspect for Superman, like the, the, the thing at his core is the values that his parents taught him on that farm without, uh, you know, Jonathan and Martha Kent, like teaching him those values, Superman isn't Superman. And so when I was watching Homecoming, the one scene went like, as soon as it happened, I was like, they got it. Was at the end when the vulture is like trying to get away and he's like, your, your pack's gonna blow up. And then it explodes. And it's for a second, you're like, oh, it's, you know, typical comic book ending. They had an awesome villain, he explodes and he dies. But then you get this moment where Peter Parker like looks at the flames, he runs in and then he like pulls him out of there and rescues him. 
Like you never see that in comic book movies. And, and that was like, that was the ultimate Peter Parker moment. He's sitting mm-hmm. there. He like, he technically won and he's like, ah, I, I gotta go in there and get that guy. And that to me, like, that's why like Spider-Man, he's like, it, like that is his hero compass. He's just, I gotta, I gotta make sure everybody's okay. Like he is, he's out there online all the time, just making sure that everybody's safe. And, and I've always loved that about him. Nice. Yeah. Uh, let's jump back um, to 2009 because the dog's interrupted. So you're at Party City yeah. and you start working, you start collaborating with somebody about some ideas on um, making comic books together. Yeah. You did end up making something together, right? Yeah, we start, so we, we officially uh, turned Megabrain Comics into a company and and it was our publishing company and and we both had uh like a number of ideas for uh for comic books but um my script was kind of the furthest along i had just um recently had my first kid and that was like kind of the the spark and the impetus for for me saying like okay this kid's gonna be watching me for the rest of my life do I want him to just see his dad like, you know, working every job that he can just to make the bills, never being happy, never doing like what he, you know, what he's passionate about? Or do I want him to see me, you know, trying to, you know, work at the one thing that I want to do possibly failing, but at least trying. So that was when I was like, I'm, I am making comics. So I wrote this script, uh, it was called American Dark Age. Um, And, you know, we, I hunted around online uh, on DeviantArt for uh, artists that I thought would kind of, you know, work with uh, the, the vision I had. Um, we, we ran a Kickstarter, uh, got the first issue like going and we debuted at New York Comic Con in 2011 and it was just, it was amazing. It was like the first time like being at Comic Con on the other side of the table and it's like, like being, being at Comic Con in itself, you're just like, oh my God, like it is like being in like, you know, uh, Willy Wonka's you know, chocolate factory. Every like every time you go, there's always amazing stuff. But like being on the other side of the table and like watching all the kids and the people and like they're all coming up to you and they're like, "What did you do? What is this? This sounds awesome!" And like you're signing comics, you're in, you're being interviewed, and it was like it was everything that I had ever wanted it to be and more. Um, and it took a lot of us to do it. It was, um, it was uh, my friend MJ, who was the one working at, uh, in the cubicle with me. And then uh, there was Georgia, Joe, who was a comic book inker now, and, um, and Mandy, who became MJ's wife, eventually. Um, and that was, that was the first time where it really clicked that like making comics, 
like being an artist, it's, it sometimes feels very solitary and it is very solitary when you're, you know, working and same thing with being a writer, but like to make an actual comic book, it is a like Herculean, like cooperative effort. Like you can't do it alone. I mean, you could, it would just take forever, but even, even then you still need somebody to print. You need like, you need all these different aspects. So it took like five of us to do this thing. Um, and then after the first issue, life happened and like, you know, MJ and Mandy had a baby and, and Georgia moved to Las Vegas and Joe was trying to make it in the comic book industry as an anchor. So he had to like concentrate on that. And, and it just, it was like for one fleeting moment, we were like, this is the greatest thing in the world, but we still have to pay the bills and live our lives. So bam. And then we like scattered to like the four winds and so I tried to, I, I got the second issue out um, uh, with, you know, some help, but it just, it took forever. It was really difficult. By the time it came out, um, that was when I was like, I can't do this on my own. So I just like kind of wrapped it up and I, you know, went back to working jobs that I really didn't like and, you know, just taking care of business. <laughs> so, uh you know, that just, that was it. That was like my comic career for, for a little bit. Um, and then cut two years later, you know, I moved here to Rhinebeck, um, and my, my son's mother and I. Parties, like when you were working on the first comic in Party City, uh, where was that located? Like that, like that where was, were you living at the time? That was in Westchester. Okay. I, um, uh, so... Um, a really good friend of mine and I, we ended up having a baby together. Um, he's not so much of a baby anymore. He's almost as tall as I am and he's, you know, 13 and, you know, trying to figure out the world. <laughs> yeah, I remember 13. Yeah. Uh, and, and an awesome artist at that. Um, but we, his mom and I eventually like we split up like, uh, I don't know, like seven years ago or something like that. So I moved here. And that's where I met my current wife. Um, and uh, I was working in a, a, a job that I didn't love, it was, but it paid me a lot of money and it wasn't the most awful thing in the world. But by the time uh, Alex and I got married, um, I was trying to figure out my exit strategy of like, how do I get out of this and how do I get into something that I want to do? And it was her idea. Like I was nerding out with a, a friend of mine, you know, in our living room, we were talking about like all the comic shops that we loved growing up. He worked at St. Mark's, which like when I was younger, that would have been like my dream. He was like, it was the greatest thing in the world. And she just like kind of wanders through our conversation. And she's like, you guys should really, you should open a comic book store in like Rhinebeck. And like when she said it, I was just like, oh my God that is what we should do. And the next day I went uh, through town searching for commercial, like a, a available commercial space. And then four months later, we, you know, opened the doors and I thought like, it was, it was another one of those Comic-Con moments. Uh -huh. Like I was on the other side of the table this time. And, you know, I, I loved comic book stores growing up, but 
like now I was going to be able to create the one that I always wished I was able to go to. And it was, it was awesome. And I mean, and it still is awesome. It's just, it, it's ever evolving and ever changing and, you know, I love it. Mm -hmm. And I think um, the journey that you went on before of making the brave step of making a comic book and putting that out and having that moment, like you said, it's like doing these things. And this is like what I think about being a superhero. It's like knowing like kind of what your purpose is and like really having the bravery to first like articulate the goal, go after it and know that like it might fail. But really, I also think if you really go for it, you really can't fail. Like you can't control the outcome. You can't control the outcome and you also can't, um, you can't even necessarily control the journey of it. All you can do is just do it. And, and it's, it is constantly going to be like throwing stuff in your face and like, you're going to have to dodge and you're going to have to weave and, and like adjust and, and constantly evolve. Like it's the, the, the comic book store that we opened that my wife and I opened over, um, you know, three bucks, two bucks over. Um, it was just a tiny little clubhouse and it had like a living room type lounge up front and, there was a whole back room to play like D and D and board games and they were all over. And it was, it was very like kind of ragtag and DIY, but it was still bright and comfy. And I, I had this idea that like, that's, that's what a comic book store should be. And it, and it was, it was perfect at that time. But then we evolved into what we are now, which is like, we know more about retail and we know more about business and, and we, I mean, we were failing at it like almost, um, uh, a year into it or a little over a year into it. Like we were at the point where we were like, this is not work. We're not making enough money. Uh, we're neither one of us has a, um, a head for business as it would be. Um, so, I kind of did this Hail Mary where uh, I went on all of our social media. Like we were popular. We were, we were critically successful just financially. We were a bust. <laughs> um, so I went on all our social media and I had said, Hey, look, um, you know, we love doing this, but we're going to have to close the doors unless we can think of a solution. So the only thing I can think of is if somebody wants to come into this, with me and like partner up then like reach out to me and let me know and and a number of people did there was a guy from new york city there's um a woman who she runs uh one of the larger and more successful comic book conventions or she's the owner of of the convention here uh in the hudson valley uh she reached out to me and um and then this this local dad uh who he and his daughter and his wife would would shop at the store and you know he and his, his he was a he had a or has a contracting business and he and his partner in that they would come in sometimes and be like hey can you you know get me the latest kiss comic or can you know order this graphic novel for me 
and you know they get weird and kooky stuff because they like reading comics um so he reached out to me and he was like hey like i don't necessarily want to be like remodeling people's bathrooms and kitchens and building decks for the rest of my life until my body is broken uh i kind of feel like i might want to try this thing with you so he he ended up being the person that like kind of came in as my business partner and like here we are now which is uh, like i could not have imagined we would have been able to um kind of get to where we are now um but you know he's the kind of guy that he wakes up in the morning and he like every day balances his checkbook which is the complete opposite of me i'm usually like uh, i think there's a few bucks in the account yeah let's buy that thing <laughs> so uh so having having a partner with a head like that and and combined with i guess my you know lofty uh you know dreams and visions and stuff like that just i think i think really turned out to be the the recipe that we needed mm -hmm. yeah. uh i think i'm more similar minded to you yeah like i have the big visions and um, and then by like sheer will and determination, I can make some things happen. Yeah. Uh, but I recently. But also, sustaining it is like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And like some of it's like structuring, like putting in more structures and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I recently put out the bat signal um, just to start trying to work with other people to figure out like what and how like whatever the vision is that I'm building, how to do it. And similarly, when you put that bat signal out, multiple people uh, respond. Yeah. So how do you deal with that? I like that you still shouted out the other people because that's the thing that I felt also like immediately, I was like, oh, like I think I'm only looking for like one person right now, but like I also very much um, am interested in continuing and always just kind of building relationships with people. Yeah. Possible, you know? Well, uh, so it, I, I really didn't know what, what I wanted or needed. So, so having these very different people kind of respond to me was cool because we like my wife and I interviewed all of them also. Like we, um, we sat down with a guy from the city who it turns out he worked at a, he worked at Midtown Comics, I believe, and I think he also worked at uh, Jim Hanley's for a while. So he had the the experience of working in a comic book shop, which, like, I've had tons of experience uh, going to shops and going to conventions, but I never worked at one. So so he had that going for him, um, and and he, all around he was like a really cool guy, and he was like, "Hey, this sounds like a cool opportunity." So if this ends up happening. Like, I'm going to move, like, I'm moving to this area. Like, if wow. we do, I was like, oh, cool. Okay, well, you know, that's commitment. And then um, with Kay, uh, the, the woman who owns uh, Hudson Valley Comic Con, uh, we spoke to her, and she was coming at it from the aspect of, hey, like, we love your shop, and we love, like, your whole philosophy, and, like, how inclusive it is and 
and you know whenever you're at the the convention like you know we like we enjoy your company we think it would be um like a shame if your shop had to close so we're not necessarily like we've never been shopping for getting into the comic book retail business but we think we could do that and and like we could like help each other out so so she and I started talking about how like we would tie the retail store into the conventions and like all this stuff. So, so that vision started to kind of evolve into something that I was like, Oh, it's different and like kind of strange. It's never been done before, but like we could do this and this and this. Um, and then when, when Brian, my, my, my business partner, um, when he and I spoke, and we, we kind of kept going back to each other and like, well, if we do this, like, you know, would you like, do you, would you be okay if we like did X, Y, and Z or like, do you re are you really married to that? Like that, that part of the store and you know, like, like that kind of a thing. And it just kind of turned into, well, what, what kind of stuff do you, are you into? And like, Oh, you like, you know, punk music and ska and like, yeah, me too. And like, blah, 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 blah. And and then eventually it it also rolled into he's a um, he's a, a retro arcade and pinball um, mm. enthusiast and he like tinkers with machines and stuff like that and and that rolled into well we could bring a pinball machine in yeah, here and and so once it was like once all the ink was dry and it was like okay we are officially partners. What are we going to do to this place? It turned into, let's bring a couple pinball machines in. Uh -huh. He had a Miss, Miss Pac-Man uh, cocktail table in his living room. Brought that in. And then it went from a couple of machines to, okay, all the tables are going and we're turning the back room into an arcade. So now, yeah. now we are a comic book store and a like, full-on arcade in the back. And it is, it's like, oh, this, yes, of course, this is what Mega Brain Comics would be. And it's, mm -hmm. it is, again, like more than I could have ever imagined that it could uh -huh. be. Um, and like so much better than what I could have imagined also. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh -huh. it's, I feel like, Dreaming is great. Having visions or having a vision is great. But I think the key to success in that is to know that, like you said, it's, it's not going to be what you think it is. Just know that your dream and your vision is the springboard. Right. You to eventually get you to where you're supposed to be, mm -hmm. you know? And it's interesting because I also could see where if you wanted to, like it, like that's the other thing about the springboard and vision um, and the journey is that when all of a sudden you find yourself in a place that you never even imagined before, um, super happy, like you still have other goals and dreams, um, yeah. sometimes old ones, but sometimes the ones that you used to have shift and it's not that like you, it's not that like, it's not about giving up on them or anything, but it's like just yeah. sometimes the future vision shifts. Um, that said, if you 
wanted to now or like five years from now go back to making a comic book you're in a different position to yeah. do that now uh i actually never stopped uh -huh. so, okay so i haven't been making comics but uh i'm constantly writing uh -huh. and uh mj and i are constantly like kind of back and forth on the phone or uh texting like story ideas and things like that and like you said it is it's one of those things that's constantly like rattling around in the back of my mind that okay we have this shop and once the shop gets to a point where you know it's it's its own animal and like all the gears are finally like kind of turning the way that they're supposed to. And not that I would eventually get to a point where it's like, oh, I don't have to do anything except count all my money. But <laughs> um, I'm hoping that it eventually gets to a point where I don't have to wind the watch as much. Right. Like, you know, it's all of its components are kind of doing what it needs to. So I can take more time to do more personal creative things and and then uh, eventually like have just a retail arm of mega brain and then have a, the publishing arm kind of get reignited i mean there's there, there's a shop who i still have not gotten to visit them but like i follow them uh like online um, uh, I've spoken to, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, friends in a retail group with one of the owners. Um, it's called all yeah comics and it is, it just looks like one of the most fun places a kid could ever want to go. And they also have their own imprint. Like they put out, uh, a lot of comics. Like if, if anybody listening has ever seen, um, uh, the comic book, tiny Titans, like that's printed by Audia Comics, which also has a retail store. So, so it's a model that can work. And, um, you know, that's, you know, that's a place that kind of is a, a little bit of inspiration for me, uh, you know, kind of moving forward. Mm -hmm. Very yeah. cool. Um, I was going to ask a pretty silly question. Uh, uh, I don't think any, any questions are silly. Well, the, the silly question was like, um, are there any uh, events coming up? Um, and I guess they're, I guess it's not all the way silly because there could be Zoom events and yeah, it's different than New York City, although the city's still going. It's just there's not the, as many live events these yeah. days right now. I, I have actually wanted to do um a number of like kind of zoom events um it's just that so we we moved into this location three weeks before the lockdown happened it was it, like it, it took us months to like get this place like fixed up um and and we opened up and we were we were like oh my god like we can finally breathe easy because we're not going to have to struggle anymore. We're like right in the heart of this village. People like every day, like people were just filling this place up. The arcade was making more money than we could have ever imagined in like just people throwing quarters into right. things. And so 
we were like, okay. And then the world was like, hey, guess what? Shut it down. <laughs> and to quote, um, uh, who was it? Uh, was it Bob Odenkirk in Die Hard? Where he's the, he's the, uh, the power guy and he's like, shut it down. Shut it down now. Like, that's all I heard in my head. <laughs> so it was, it was a little disheartening. Um, but at the same time, it was at the time when everybody was like, all right, this pandemic can't last that long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we've been, you know, we've been just trying to hold on and, and we're do we're not, we're actually not doing bad. Um, uh, things are, are pretty decent and we're, um, you know, we're keeping our heads above water. We've had a lot of, uh, support from the people in our community. We've had a lot of celebrity support, which is really cool. Um, and it, it has kind of kept things going for us, but it's, um, very labor intensive to keep this place going right now. So yeah. have all these ideas for like, zoom events i want to like i want to do this i want like i'm i've become friends with a lot of uh comic book industry people um because the hudson valley is just lousy with them like comic book writers and artists are like everywhere um and and so i speak to them a lot and i'm like oh my god can we do like so, like an interview where like we could have all of our followers like kind of, you know, chatting in questions and stuff like that. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, but when are we going to do that? I don't know. And then, and then even aside from that, uh, every, every year, the first Saturday in May um, is free comic book day. And so this year, obviously it didn't happen. Um, but all the comic books that we had ordered for free comic book day are constantly coming in every week. And so we have like this huge inventory of free comic book day comics that were going to be for all the kids and people that came in on that day. And, and Brian and I are like, okay, what, like, what can we do to still kind of make this happen, but in a, a socially distant responsible way and like, but still make it fun. So like, that's, that's something that's also in the back of my head that I'm like, I, I want to be able to do that. But then as you saw at the beginning, every week there's also hundreds of books that need to be processed and go out and all that stuff. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a tiny battles each week. <laughs> right. Um, I do think, this great pause or whatever we want to call this pandemic. <laughs> great pause! Right? Um, <laughs> I feel like it is like, cause Laura, my wife, um, her store, it, yeah, she's doing all right. But like at the beginning of this, it was just like, just survive. You know yeah. what I mean? Like so many places aren't, so many places have already gone under. Um, so it's like, I feel if we get to the other side of this thing, surviving, yeah. um, I think we'll be better on the other side, hopefully. That's my intention. That's I mean, my 
this is creating some uh, very um, everything that's been happening with the pandemic, everything that's been happening with like the the largest civil rights you know yep. movement of all time. Like all of this stuff is creating um, like deep wounds like in the world itself and getting on the other side of that like there's going to be some serious scar tissue but you know once it like kind of heals over yeah every everybody and everything will be stronger for it um it's just actually getting to that other side which is oh so tiring <laughs> yeah uh so for me comic books and superheroes i think the reason they've started resonating with me, like I've always liked them, um, mm -hmm. but I feel like kind there of cool super villains running the world right now. Oh, definitely, that. <laughs> definitely that. Like, yeah, that's sort of been the so that's sort of the thing I've been saying is um, I want to teach people how to be superheroes because I believe everybody has a superpower. Um, a lot of people have more than one, um, and I think now more than ever, we need to be the superheroes we wish were coming to save us. Yeah. Like if we don't save ourselves, nobody else is coming to save us. Like yeah. we do have the power to save ourselves. It, yeah. Being the change, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's, um, you know, it's, it's time for the, you know, it's time for the princess to like, you know, tear the bottom of her dress, you know, create a rope, climb out of the tower herself, and then, like, you know, punch the dragon in the face, hop on its back, and then just ride off into the sunset. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm totally, yeah. And, and I also feel the same way that you do about, like, everybody does have their own superpower. And, and I feel like, in most cases, people think like it and and by superpowers like it's it's something that you are inherently good at like uh -huh. something that you are that you excel at like better than anybody else in your life or better than anybody around you and and i think more often than not most people think it's like this thing over here in 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 their you know this hand and they're like, oh, I am so good at this. Whereas everybody around them is like, no, actually, you're awful at that. But the thing that you are good at is this thing. And, and a lot of people don't realize, like, what their power is. There was, um, I don't remember who it was, but there was somebody one day, like, I've always, I always thought that, you know, I was good at X, Y, or Z. And, and there was somebody years ago who was like, I forgot, we were, we were talking about something and they were like, that's, you know what? I'm realizing that's, that's your thing. Like you are so good at that. And I was like, what are you talking about? And, and they were like, you're so good at like, like connecting people. Mm -hmm. Like, like the fact that like, I, I know a ridiculous amount of people. Like I'm not necessarily friends with everybody. I just, 
I know how to talk to people. So I've encountered a lot of different types of folks in my life. And, and sometimes I, you know, I, I brought them with me throughout the years. So they're always like around me and with me somewhere. And so when I meet other people, I'm like, oh my God, you know who you should meet? Because that thing that you just said, the two of you should talk to each other. And, and I'm constantly kind of putting people in front of other people that like need to meet each other and need to um, like making the worlds collide that need to. Yeah. I think I love, I'm, I think I'm similar um, in, I love acting, but kind of the way my brain works and like the day to day is like I'm casting a movie. <laughs> so I, can, I like start seeing people in different roles, just like, oh, this, or I'm like just kind of thinking in my head, like, how could these pieces fit together? Yeah. 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 It's, it, and it's something that you don't ever think about. And it's something that, is it's not an easy thing to do either, but somehow like you can see how all that stuff fits together. And, and I think that's how, how people's superpowers work. Like some people can just look at like a string of numbers and just be like, Oh, well it's like yada, 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 cause math. And then other people can be like, Oh, like, your cat is sick because obviously it like poops wrong or <laughs> like it it's it's being able to like see aspects of the world that other people can't see and translate it almost you know mm-hmm. um, I, I think that's uh that's that's a, a superpower everybody should lean into is like like finding the thing that you finding the thing in the world that you can see that other people can. Mm-hmm. And I also think like, because when I first started going on the superhero idea, um, it was like a little bit more vague at first, but then kind of came into clarity. Yeah. Then it's like, Oh, other people have talked about this before too. And so I think sometimes people like, it's like other people have written comic books before other people have opened up stores. And so some of people are like, who am I to do it? And it's like, I think the thing also with superpowers is everybody has a unique way of doing and expressing their vision. And so yeah. it's like, there might be Tony Robbins motivating people and somebody else wants to be a motivating, like a motivational speaker, they'll never be a good Tony Robinson. Like they'll never be able to do it as well as him in his yeah. way, but they could be saying the same message. Um, and the way, the unique way that they say it, yeah. somebody, somebody, there's somebody out there that needs to hear it that it's, way. It's your, yeah, your personal footprint or your personal, you know, your, your stamp on it you mm-hmm. know and and the thing is that's that's really important because a lot of people might hear tony robbins speaking and be like what is this yet saying Ugh. but then somebody hears you saying like the same, same, thing, yeah, the same thing in a different way and they're like oh my god you're so right <laughs> 
So yeah, it's, it is, I think it's important for people not to get discouraged with that idea that, oh, somebody else did it, but you know, I can't, I can't do it the way that they did it. And that's the point. Like, don't do it the way that they did it. Like, do Mm -hmm. it your way. Like I, I opened a comic book shop and I did not want it to be like as much as I loved the comic book stores that I grew up with, I did not want it to be any of those because in hindsight, uh, they were, you know, dens of toxic douchery where like, <laughs> you know, like one of the, one of the store, I, I, I won't say any of the names of the stores because I still do love those places in my heart and I don't w- want to disparage anybody. But one of the shops that uh, I used to go to as a kid was owned by this uh, this old man. It's a great shop. It was beautiful. He had great taste in comics. He loved reading comics. And uh, my friends and I would go in there. And it wasn't until like a little bit later on that we realized he hated children. <laughs> like he owned a comic book. He owned a place that is like a, a divining rod for kids and he could not stand us and then the other like there was another shop i used to hang out at and it was flashy and cool and like it had younger people working in it like young cool teenagers and and like the the um sons of the owners worked there and we were like oh my god they're so cool and we would go up to them and be like hey how's it going like what what are you guys reading we're gonna buy this and it was it was that comic book cliche of oh you're reading this (laughs) that's stupid if you were really cool you'd be reading this or this and it's like as a kid you're like oh Sorry, and then like you you put what you wanted back on the shelf, and you buy the stupid thing that the the ultra cool teenager was reading that you don't care about, and and you, you get older and realize like oh those guys were assholes, and right. and so opening a comic book store like I wanted all the I wanted to open the store that. That you wanted. That I wanted. That like, I wanted the store. I wanted to open the store that is the fuzzy memories. Uh huh. Going into comic book shops and eliminate like all that crap. Like I don't want any kid ever like growing up and being like, oh, you know, Mega Brain Comics. Those people were dicks. <laughs> like it should. Like a comic book store. It should be Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. Mm-hmm. You know? it should be Disney world in here uh, for kids. And like, uh, so um, I try to make sure our shop uh, really sidesteps all of those like cliches of that everybody thinks of when they think of a comic book shop, like when they think of the big bang theory or the Simpsons or like all that crap, like, uh, I, like I never want that to be us, you know? Mm-hmm. What, um, is there anything that you do to kind of keep your mind like positive during this time and like in general? Uh, I mean, during like during the this pandemic great or pause? during the great pause or, um, um, 
or just like in general um yeah i i mean nothing specific i think the thing that i do is that i just <laughs> uh i just keep swimming <laughs> you know what i mean um and like all i can do is just keep doing the thing that i enjoy doing and the thing that i know i need to be doing um and hope that my efforts will come out on the other side um of all this you know for the better um yeah like it's i i I think just like everybody wake up and have serious moments of like, fuck, <laughs> you know, like opening the internet and being like, Oh no. But I also have two adorable little babies that like don't understand any of this stuff and have no idea any of this is going on. So, mm-hmm. you know, we can, giggle together and like watch Moana and like, you know, go for walks. And then I have a 13 year old who very much knows what's going on, but is also 13 and is like, I know what's going on, but like, holy crap, my brain is on fire and my feelings are so feeling and like, and so I have to be like present for him and and it's it's like one of those weird things where like all this horrible shit that is going on, um, but you still have to sort of look look next to yourself and look at all the good stuff, you know, and and at least try to push all the darkness aside for a little for even just a little while, like it may you're not living like the cubicle life right now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like the... I, I don't have to work at blockbuster video again, right? You know, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Cause uh, I, um, so I had my 20 year high school reunion last summer oh, nice. and the 10 year reunion was like a couple of years into living in New York. And I didn't go to my 10 year reunion because at the time, I felt like I hadn't accomplished enough. Same. <laughs> um, but then, for me, like the last few years, there's been a whole journey, and it's been like a whole full circle thing. And like, I always wanted to be an actor, and I went some different paths, and like was focused on music for a while. And then for a while, I was managing a bar. And then a couple of years ago, started coming. Back to, yeah, <laughs> a couple of years ago, started coming back to acting. Um, and basically, I realized in between my ten and twenty year reunion, going to some weddings back home in Seattle, that for people in Seattle, like their observation on social media and whatnot is like, you always wanted to be an entertainer, um, and I see you doing X, Y, and Z in New York. To me, I didn't feel like successful, but to them, I was doing the thing that I said I was going to do in New York. And then by the time I went back to my 20 year reunion, it's like there were some things I was 
career-wise that I was like happy with, but I was most happy just knowing that no matter what, I was deciding um, 20 years after high school that I'm going after what I want to do and that that might, like kind of knowing that I don't know exactly what the outcome is going to be, yeah. but like I, I'm going to. You're confident in being able to say, I'm doing this thing. And yeah. like that, that shines through. Like mm-hmm. you're not going there and being like, actually, I'm an assassin. But you're going there and you're being like, um, you know, I'm in New York City. I'm acting and, and it's awesome. And like, and just being able to do that where, as opposed to being like, oh, um, you know, working at GameStop and, you know, paying my rent. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, what's it for? Whatever you're doing, like, if, as long as you know what it's for, I feel like you can get through. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. Is this, if you get a promotion, but you don't know what you're doing the things for, then it's like, it could be any, like, you know what I mean? It could be a cool job, but if it's not, there's no purpose behind it, you're not going to enjoy yourself, you know? Yeah, like, before, so before this um i like stumbled into being a um a project manager on a big restaurant venue renovation which rolled into me being the manager of the place and it was and it was like it was this huge job and i was making a ton of money and like meeting really interesting people and 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 just doing real like it was it was it was for all intents and purposes a really cool job uh-huh. uh, and i did not enjoy any of it but what it did give me because the the people that hired me didn't know anything at all about any aspects of the business they wanted to open <laughs> so what so the years of working in a billion different industries came in handy for me. So I was able to use that and everything. And then anything else that I didn't know, I figured out and, um, you know, kind of rolled that into it. And then from there, once I did leave them and I was like, I want to open my own comic book store after had just having done that, I was like, oh, I need to do this. I need to do this, 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 this. Whereas most people, it probably would have taken them a year to get everything uh, all rolling. I knew exactly what I needed to do, where I needed to be, what needed to go where. And so four months later, we were like going. And it was, I, I feel like that was the reason that I, had to do that you know even though i didn't care about it and and at times hated it and hated myself for having to work for certain people uh it it brought me this Mm -hmm. you know or brought me here yeah yeah yep um where is the best place for people to follow you and and the store and what's going on um, we're like all over the, 
the social meds as the that's what the kids call it right social meds so. <laughs> um you know are, better than me because you got youngsters and you uh, have, yeah, yeah i got a 13 year old he's yep. you know I'll ask, I'll ask him, I'll be like, are you, you kids still saying social meds? <laughs> <laughs> um, we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, and if you go to any of those things and you just type in Mega Brain Comics, we will pop up. Um, we, we also have a website. That was, that was the biggest thing that the pandemic uh, did for us. Um, a lot of comic book stores, once the pandemic hit, there's been a lot that have been closing. There like we're all struggling. Uh, the industry as a whole is like going through some weird growing pains right now. Um, but the thing that the, the comic book shops that are like kind of persevering are the ones that as soon as the pandemic hit, we're like, we need to get online. Like we had, yep. we had a, a website technically that said like, when we were open, where we're located, had some fun photos, but you couldn't go on our website and buy any of our comic books or anything like that. So as soon as the lockdown happened, um, Brian and I were like, okay, how are we going to do this? So we found Shopify and we just started, you know, we built it. We started putting all of our comics on there and and it is, it's, it was the first step in like saving our butts. Uh -huh. And now that we're open, it's like this great, um, you know, it's just the, yeah. it's like balance. a silver lining almost because Laura yeah. also didn't, she was against selling online before because she, her whole thing was similar as far as like in the lingerie industry, she'd had bad experiences in lingerie stores. So she wanted to be, very inclusive and very friendly and affirming and then this happened and so she was forced to go online yeah. and i think on the other end of this for businesses that weren't online before the silver lining is you'll still have the walk-in business That's, plus the online yeah. so since, since we don't have the arcade we have walk-in business and we have this online thing and and it it's you know made up for it slightly but it also offered us something so um so i had mentioned earlier that we kind of have had celebrity support um we so here in town uh there's actually a, a lot of uh actors and actresses and and uh you know producers and people like that that live here uh jeffrey dean morgan um mm -hmm. negan from the walking yep. dead and and I I first knew him as John Winchester, um, Sam and Dean's dad on Supernatural. Um, and the he's comedian. from Seattle too, I think. Oh wait, is he? I think so. Oh, I didn't know that. I feel I feel like that. I, I know that little tidbit because just it's a weird Seattle oh. knowledge fact. But well, he, he lives here now with his wife Hillary Burton from One Tree Hill. Um, and they shop at our store with their family. And like ever since we opened and they've been like very supportive and they're just a, the sweetest family and um, have become really good friends. And so when the pandemic happened, um, they, uh, Robert Kirkman, the creator of The Walking Dead, he 
as a gift to as a gift and a way to help um comic shops make some money and like dig themselves out of a hole he created this comic book negan lives and it was it's the return of the character in the comics and all the profits from those comics go uh 100 to the shops so uh it was it was like this twofold thing where hillary tweeted uh this comic book comes out on my birthday and the one thing that I would love all of you to do for me as a birthday present is pre-order this comic book from the comic book store that Jeff and I shop at and that we love, Mega Brain Comics. And it like that in itself was like, oh my God. And we just started getting like all these orders and all these inquiries and stuff like that. And then like the next morning, he ended up tweeting, yeah, you know what, uh, let's do something fun. Like, I'll sign the, the first hundred of them or something. And that, like, blew it all up. And, and then it went from signing a hundred to, all right, we're just going to sign all of them. And he, like, he saved our store. Like, really, really saved our store. Like, So it sounds like you're saying he's kind of a real-life superhero. Oh, he is definitely yeah. a real life superhero. <laughs> yes, he uh, he is he is a real life superhero, and now this is his HQ. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So it's if we had not done and like built our online website, we would not have had the infrastructure to deal with like the influx of him doing that. Like we got thousands of orders and it was like it, it's we're still like we every day we go into work and we have to like that's part of our job now is is replying to people's emails and like mailing out comments like it is intense and without ha that website we never would have been able to do that so mm -hmm. it's the pandemic is this it's this weird thing it is so horrible and yet it has all these weird little silver linings that have been attached to it. So, um, yeah, I guess. I sort of feel like it's like a kind of what we were talking about before, like as far as like you don't know where the journey takes you, you don't know the outcome. It's yeah. like that's like the things that happened on a large scale in the pandemic, the things that have been revealed on a large scale are always true yeah like anything can happen tomorrow like nothing is guaranteed like the things that we think are normal and permanent nothing's permanent yeah exactly so you might as well try the thing yep and you know? uh, do, you <laughs> do you watch uh any of the avatar um cartoons yep like, so, so julie do the thing that's yeah. That is the greatest advice ever. Do the thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, is there anything else you want to talk about today? Um, I, I feel like I just gave you my whole story. <laughs> I, I, want, about that. I want to talk more at some point about, um, 
about your project though i like i i like i kind of want to like dig into that a bit definitely i definitely with that um there's also something actually i'll we'll, we can talk real quick about um i want to tell you a play i think i even talked about it a little bit in the podcast with jessica and eric mm -hmm. um there's a new play that i'm writing um i just finished writing the first 20 pages and it's based on Captain Planet and the Planeteers. Oh, yes. I remember hearing, I, I, when you said that, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, I have 20, so 20 pages are done and have been workshopped and I've got uh, feedback on already. Yeah. I'm really, really excited about this one because it may be something, the way I'm writing it is it starts off on Zoom so I'm changing the names. I'm, I'm changing it up a little bit, but it's, it's, I'm calling it right now. The name is of the former group is like the elementals and the nature prince. Oh, cool. I like that. Um, and I'm changing around the powers a little bit. So, um, the character that was Kwame, I'm calling him Khalil and he's kind of the protagonist. And in the beginning, um, he's selling life insurance to this couple and they're an interracial couple like um it's an asian woman and a white man who comes into the conversation and the white man just keeps kind of going do i know you like kind of do i know you and like who are who are you kind of there's like this whole racial undercurrent where he's yeah. just sort of like why are you what do you have to do to sell insurance anyway just kind of there's this whole dynamic going on yeah um and and then it's just, do I know you? Do I know you? And then Khalil makes the joke of like, well, I don't want to give all of it away, but basically um, it's revealed that Khalil used to be part of, he yeah. had a viral song and then he used to be part of the Planeteers basically. Um, and so then there's like a whole other thing, but basically 20 pages in, I was like, I kind of see in my head that we have to like do flashbacks to, sh to tell what happened yeah. to this group. Yeah. Um, and my dramaturg, I was like, I don't know how to do this on Zoom. And she suggested that maybe do it graphic novel style to where you could have actors doing the voiceover. Yeah, um, you have images. Have the panels. Yeah. Um, so then my other idea of, of it have you ever watched uh, uh, Fooly Cooly? It's an, an anime. It's spelled F-L-C-L. It's an anime. And um, just when you said that, it reminded me because there's, there's all these scenes. It's beautiful, like fluid animation. And then there's like a scene where the kid's grandfather is like telling this frenetic story and the animation goes from being animated to like almost static graphic images like that but the images are like shaking and like and it's like animated by like moving almost, the camera yeah like by moving the camera mm -hmm. and like that i could see something like that happening it was it's 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 a great and funny sequence if you ever get a chance. May I'll I'll yeah. see if I can find it and then I can send it to you. Definitely. Um but and so I'm thinking of maybe trying to develop I don't know that like it like there's different 
my brain goes different places, but sort of for the play, for the thing, to trying to develop a graphic novel that would actually even tell a little bit more than you'd actually see in the play. Oh, that yeah. could be its own kind of standalone. Like a prelude or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's sort of the idea that I'm working on. Um, I think it'll depend on, I'm gonna see once it's, like there's a solid draft, um, if I could get like a theater, comp like a theater that would want to like, um, into, yeah. something right now, especially if it could be done on Zoom. Yeah, um, absolutely. And if not, DIY, you know? Like, yeah, man. So. I mean, I could also see it, um, I, at one point when you were speaking to uh, Eric and Jessica, uh, one of you mentioned something about like a, a one person play. Yeah. With something like Zoom, you have the capacity to turn a one person show into a multi-person experience. True. Through recording and stuff like that, you could be playing like all these different people um, and becoming all these different people and interacting with yourself in, in a way that you can't do if you're like in a theater. Mm -hmm. So like that in itself would be kind of cool. Yeah. 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 So, you know, noodles. Yeah. Yep. Pandemic fuel innovation. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this was cool, man. Like, I love this. Yeah. Um, how far away is Rhinebeck from New York City? Um, if you hop on Amtrak, it's like a two-hour train ride. Um, driving, um, it's been a long time since I've driven down to the city. Uh, but, you know, same, like, depending on traffic. It could take you anywhere from, like, two hours if there's awful traffic, which sometimes, well, I mean, it's a pandemic. I don't know how traffic works during the pandemic. So it probably... Better, better than normal, I think. Yeah, probably it would be a lot quicker. But it's yeah. it's really easy to get up here. There's also the Metro North station, which is, like, 20 minutes down the road in Poughkeepsie. So you could take Metro North to there. And if you're visiting people, like, you know, usually... If my sister comes or somebody, like, we pick them up from the train station. Um, or you take, like, a, an Uber or a Lyft or something, you know. So, so it, Another important question. Um, well, I'm just thinking, because my wife, she, I need to take her out of town, like, at least briefly. Like, you know, okay. traveling's kind of out, like, in the normal sense. I had to yeah. go home to Seattle last week, but, like, that was, like, for family kind of emergency situation uh -huh. um but she needs i need to she <laughs> like needs self-care uh, she needs get, to get, uh, out. get a new perspective on, yeah. on the world um so the arcade you said is closed right now because of it makes sense yeah um, it's, will it's the arc illegal for us to open it right yeah. now yeah um but when when and if if and when we get through this. Uh, will the the arcade will open back up eventually, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like it's it's still sitting back there, and it's like it is one of the coolest rooms in the world. We we just bought um, uh, somebody I know. Uh, their dad had the South Park uh, pinball machine in their basement, 
So we just got that and, you know, need some work. So Brian's like tinkering with it, but like, I don't know, we've got 15 or 20, like 15 stand-up arcade cabinets, uh, seven or eight pinball machines, something like that. It's, it's pretty awesome in there. The other people who aren't, like who could have been partners with you, they all sounded cool. But yeah, I think somebody who can tinker and fix <laughs> the machines that got yeah, yeah, oh, that's yeah. Cool. yep. Well, well, great uh, talking with you. Um, well, maybe, was, maybe we'll be able to meet in person um, when we get out of town. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you, you and Eric are going to be like crossing paths in that in that sense. He, he yeah. Just, when he was here, he's like, I'm going back to Brooklyn. I got to go back to work. And I yeah. Was like, Whoa. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, but yeah, absolutely. Like, come up here, come, you know, check the place out. There's like a ton of Airbnbs around here, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, cool. It, it is, in terms of like getting your wife out of the city and just giving her, you know, some you know, breathing room. Uh, this is a pretty darn romantic little like village. So it would be, you know, you'd get some, some bonus points <laughs> for bringing her to a, a cute place in the Hudson Valley. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm sold and I'm <laughs> sure she'll love it. Like I know, I know what she likes. So that sounds perfect. Cool. Well, cool, man. Um, All right. Pleasure talking with you. Let's definitely continue the conversation on, you know, teaching people how to be superheroes. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, can... Yeah, we should um, at some point, like, let's talk about that some more. And then maybe we could like, you know, if, if I can help in any kind of way, I would, I would love to be a part of that. Likewise. And anything I can ever help you with also, um, that's what I'm here for. So, right, cool. Yep. All right, man. I'm I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that we met. See, look, people yep. getting connected. Exactly. That's what <laughs> it's all about. <laughs> all right, man. Have a good night. You too. Take care. So that was my conversation with John Michelle, Mega Brain Comics. So definitely check them out. The links are in the show notes. Order online, or if you want to take a little trip and you're in the New York area to Rhinebeck, New York, go on up there and get you some comics in person. Uh, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. Also, thank you, Eric Jensen, Jessica Blank, for, for making that connection. i um, really excited about that. Uh, if you are enjoying the podcast, if you have feedback for the podcast, want to support the podcast, please subscribe, rate, review, and share, um, or give me any feedback on the socials. Um, I will be listening. Um, also, if you're doing something cool and want um, my listeners to know about it, feel free to hit me up. I want to know about it. I'd love to share the story about it. Um, I'd love to learn from you. So thank you very much for doing whatever it is that you, you do. And uh, I hope you share it. It's a generous act to share what you're doing with the world. So it's also very generous for listening. So thank you very much for listening. I appreciate it. Have a good one. And I will talk to you on Monday. Peace. Peace.